The moment Ada walked into the small supermarket on Ifley Road, she knew something sinister had happened to it since her last visit. Had the aisles moved three inches to the left? Had some zealous store manager set up a deli counter at the back, bunching up everything else in the shop? She grabbed a loaf of rye bread from the baked goods section by the flowers and walked vigilantly down the fruit aisle. Something was very definitely off. She remembered visiting an earthquake room with Michael years ago in some London museum. There was a mock-up of a greengrocer's on level two, with a shopping trolley and all these fake cereal boxes everywhere. And every few minutes, the whole thing would start shaking terrifically to give visitors a sense of what being in an earthquake was like. Adrid found the room mildly boring. Michael loved it and stood there for a long time, grinning along with the seven-year-olds whenever the quake began. At any moment, she felt, this shop, too, would start shivering, its tins threatening to spring from their shelves. This time, Michael wasn't around to smile at the tremors. Ada squared her shoulders, trying to work out what was different. At the end of the aisle, where Brayburns turned to spring onions and leeks, each in their own solitary plastic pocket, she saw at last what had happened. At the back of the shop, where Ada usually lined up with her basket by the chewing gum and snack bars, wondering whether it would be Adul at the till today, or Fatima, or very possibly Kim, hopefully not, there were six machines. They looked like cramped cash points. They were self-checkouts, each gleaming with 21st century newness, lasers for barcode scanning, glowing from their bellies like demonic eyes. Ada froze. So, the human tills had been replaced. Adul was nowhere to be seen, nor was Fatima. Kim was there, though, standing by the last machine in the row. She looked more glum than Ada had ever seen her. In beige moments at home, when the ticking of the clock in the sitting room seemed textured and malign, Ada liked to distract herself by marvelling at the Herculean glumness of Supermarket Kim, a stringy thirty-year-old with turquoise pigtails and a reliably complicated constellation of spots on her face, who once told Ada, in a rare two-minute confession, that she lived over the shop with her mum, literally just above it. So she could take her breaks in bed with Nirvana on loud. But now Kim was looking dejected. She was frozen on the spot like Ada, staring into the middle distance, the tip of one pigtail in her mouth. Only her lips were moving, ruminatively massaging the hair, poking in, pulling more of it into her mouth, as a camel might with a spear of grass. Ada knew at once what Kim's brave new role was, to direct customers to the correct scanner, to check the IDs of the maudlin schoolboys who ricocheted into the shop on Friday nights to pick up crisps and strawberry cider, to punch in her store manager code as and when required, to stoically rescan items that customers misscanned, to make sure that no one was logging pay-by-the-weight pistachios, expensive, as pay-by-the-weight peanuts, less expensive but too salty. Kim was to stand by in silence, the green light of machines blinking enigmatically like Gatsby's pier, waiting for something to go wrong.
If she was lucky, the time would go fast. Ada felt the bulk of a person move directly behind her. She realised she was just standing by the machines with her rye bread, blocking the way. She stepped aside. A young woman with pink hair and ripped jeans strode past her, carrying tea and a packet of crumpets. She seemed unfazed by the new checkouts. She went to the nearest one and scanned her items, throwing in a Twix at the last minute. Then she seemed to think better of it and put the Twix back on the shelf. She didn't notice Ada or Kim, who had shifted her weight and was pulling her other pigtail into her mouth with her lips. The young woman collected her receipt, stowed it carefully in a wallet and breezed towards the exit, leaving Ada agog at her nonchalance, infuriated by it, and envious too. She realised she was dawdling. She also suspected she might be being melodramatic. This was modernity, that was all. She was just ageing, having trouble adjusting. This was what it meant to be a little old lady who lived on her own. She was playing her role so impeccably she should be proud of herself. These machines were the future. They were sensible and efficient. They would ease the queues that paralysed the shop's aisles, forcing customers to rotate around one another like arthritic dancers. If Michael were here, he'd encourage his wife to embrace the self-checkouts, to make a game of it. They'd miscategorise so many lemons as limes that Kim would have to come over to correct them. Then... They'd plead colour blindness and dodderiness and be forgiven.